R.C. Davis, lucky enough to have on the line with us live from London in our third installment of London Calling, voice of the both men's and women's hoops, Bob Fitzgerald. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing great, actually. Day three for the men's right now. The United States is going to play Nigeria, and we're getting ready for Spain and Great Britain. It's always fun when the host country is playing. The crowd usually goes crazy. So, you know, the Tunisia and Nigeria back-to-back for Team USA, kind of the lull. Then they'll ramp up with Lithuania and Argentina, but tournament going good for both the men and the women. Team USA on the men's side now 2-0 after disposing of Tunisia after the slap heard around the world. Can you enlighten us on what exactly happened there in the huddle? Uh, I think uh, Adele Talati just, you know, <laughs> wanted to get his players' attention. and so Mission you know, accomplished. They're, yeah, they're leaning in and uh, just a little, little uh, slap to the cheek like, I'm talking to you, pay attention. I think that's what it was. Nigeria and then Argentina, then the quarterfinals um, for the men's side. There's a other than Argentina and Spain who are loaded with NBA talent. There's a ton of other guys: Leandro Barbosa, Yijin Lan, Luol Deng, Al Farouk Aminu. Talk about some of the other NBA players around the uh, around the other countries. Well, I tell you, Brazil's interesting to me. You know, they just lost on a three-point shot by Russia by a single point. But you've got Barbosa, you've got Thiago Splitter, you've got Anderson Verjao, and you've got Nene, but you also have Marcelo Huertas, who's probably the best player who's not in the NBA uh, on any of the teams. He plays in the Spanish ACB League, which is the best league not being the NBA, and is a very good point guard. So Brazil's good. And then you, you look at this Alexei Shved, who's going to play for Minnesota, along with Andre Karolenko and Timothy Mozgov. And Russia's got a pretty interesting team. So Brazil, Russia, Spain, Argentina, and then obviously the United States. But there, there's some interesting games on the men's side for sure. Now, why would a guy like Ejin Lan or an Ike Diaga, who struggled with the NBA level, to kind of gain that consistency? Why on the international stage do you think they play a little differently? Well, because they're the go-to guys on their team. And so I think that... There's no worries on, I'm a bench player, I'm coming in, I'm coming out, I missed a shot or anything like that. They know they're going to get minutes, they know the team relies on them, they know they're going to get the ball thrown to them. And I think confidence is a huge deal for any player really at any level. And so you see them excel internationally. Ejin Leon, that's the best I've ever seen him play. That's what I've been hearing. Tournament. Yeah, 30.9 was just you know shooting the ball terrifically, had a drive and a dunk. And so I just think these guys on you know for their teams, even Rudy Fernandez for Spain, very different for a Spanish national team than he is in the NBA. The NBA, if you're a bench player, you're looking over your shoulder. Is the coach going to pull me? What's going to happen here? But uh, when you're playing for your country. One, there's that sense of pride for it, and two, they know they need you, and you're going to be out there even if you make a mistake or two. That Argentina game is going to probably be the key game for Team USA, correct? I would think so. I, I would think so. Um, you know, that's going to be for the group title. Um, and for the United States, I like how it ramps up. You know, France was there to get their attention, then Tunisia, Nigeria, then little little step up, Lithuania, more step up to Argentina, and then on to the, the knockout or crossover round. So, you know, clearly with Argentina, that's going to get the juices flowing when you end up seeing Ginobili and you see Nocioni and Delfino, and this Prigioni is going to be the oldest rookie in NBA history for the Knicks at age 35. They, they've been together for so long, two decades worth. They know how to play, and they also was only 86-80 in the exhibition game when the United States played Argentina. So I think Team USA might have you know, a little something for those guys. And it got a little scrappy there at one point with Scola and Durant, and of course Nocioni, who's always a hothead. Well, they do that on purpose. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, they're doing that on purpose. They're they're there to frustrate you, to bother you. Um, it's like you know the old guys in the gym, as far as clutching, grabbing, banging. <laughs> you know, if you have a, if you have a fast break, they're going to knock you down rather than let somebody get a layup. 
they do that on purpose. You know, they maybe get a flagrant foul on you, which, you know, in a technical foul if you get upset, counts as a personal foul. I mean, they've been playing that international game a lot longer than the United States guys have. They also know all the officials, so there's a lot going on there. They, uh, you know, Doug Collins said they kind of talk and, and, you know, debate every single call, and it right. just kind of wears you down after a while. How are things going on the women's side for Gina Oriama's ladies? The, the women look terrific. You know, I, I think that the same thing, Turkey had played them really well in an exhibition game. It was a single-digit game for three quarters, and then all of a sudden uh, the United States opened it up. That was in Ankara in Turkey. But I think in the, the game last night, yeah, the United States women play their best game. You know, they even got the day off of practice today because of it. Just really, really efficient, uh, shooting the ball, passing. Uh, Angel McCautry leads the WNBA in scoring. She's been just absolutely phenomenal coming off the bench. And, and that really, R.C., is the whole deal is when the U.S. subs, there's not much of a drop-off. When these other countries have to substitute, nobody has the depth of the United States. And that's why the women and the men are favored to win both these tournaments. And the women have China this weekend, correct? Yeah, that's uh, going to be on NBC. That'll be at 8.45 a.m. Pacific time, where the United States will take on China, and then that will be their last game heading into the crossover of the knockout round, too. So, you know, for Team USA, same type of thing. They've seen three opponents where they're making their first Olympic uh, appearance in Croatia, Angola, and Turkey. Then they'll move up to the Czech Republic and then China, more battle-tested teams, and then I think they'll prepare them for the, for the knockout round. So for both Krzyzewski and Oriema, I, I think that the way the tournament has played out, at least the scheduling, I think it favors the United States as far as preparation. When you get into the one-and-done, you know, one bad night, one bad shooting, can't make any threes, couple foul trouble, ugly calls, whatever, that can be scary. So at least they're getting prepared, and a lot of players on both teams are getting a lot of playing time, which is good because now they can figure out who can I play in combination and things of that sort. Well, I think you brought it up perfectly in our first edition of London Calling when you said in a seven-game series, more oftentimes than not, the best team wins. But an Olympic play, like you said, it could be Villanova-Georgetown all over again. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's it, is that these these countries, you're gonna, the United States is going to get the best shot for all these foreign countries. There's no question about that. They, they play well above their heads when they play Team USA. And everybody's looking for that Hoosier moment. They're looking to be the Hoosiers team that somehow is the big underdog that comes through. And so that, that clearly is top of mind, you know, in a lot of these situations. And so, you know, what we see is the effort and the energy of these other countries and the United States, they have the big old bullseye on their back, and they've got to play a really good game because they know they're, they're getting the best effort from their opponents. Step off the hardwood for a second. The medal count as it stands now during this taping, China at 32, USA 31, Japan with 17. Michael Phelps, 19 total medals now. Started out at age 15 in Athens. Is he getting the love he deserves? Oh, I heard some guy from the IOC say that, yeah, he's got the most, but I don't know if he's the best Olympian of all time. Is is there some hate out there, or, or what is it? I, I'm telling you right now, because I, I think that in the, the 4x100 individual medley, he's also going to get another medal, likely gold for the United States relay team. 20 medals as an Olympian, exactly. yes, you're, you're, you're the best. I mean, it's like, come on now. When you're, you're talking three different Olympiads and 20 medals and no one has ever done that, um, you know, come on. I, I, I think that people want to look at things two inches in front of their face. I mean, step back and look at history. We're still talking about Mark Spitz and his excellence and Phelps in Beijing, more golds than anyone ever in Olympic Games, and now finishing it off in London more than anyone ever in any discipline at any time in any sport. 
Yes, the, you're the greatest of all time, then, for sure. Absolutely. And what's going on with this badminton, the uh, Chinese women trying to lose for a better seed? Yeah, I mean, it, you'll see it a little bit in basketball with the crossover round. You know, the A1 plays B4 and A2 plays B3 and stuff like that. So you'll have teams uh, <clears throat> not maybe giving the effort they needed to to see a favorable opponent or avoid somebody. But in badminton, it got a little ridiculous because they were serving directly into the net <laughs> and just getting, losing on purpose and dumping points. Having already qualified, but wanting to avoid a certain opponent and that's not really the Olympic spirit, and so no. those players were, were dumped off their Olympic teams. And Serena marching right along on our home away from home on that grass at Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, tennis at Wimbledon, Federer played today. It's actually been pretty cool. And then Gabby Douglas won the all-around uh, gold medal in gymnastics for the women. And so it's just a lot of things kind of keep going along here, and everybody's kind of finding their sport or, you know, what interests them. And uh, you to walk around that Olympic Park, and it's absolutely packed, just, you know, kind of teeming with people. So it's fun. And even the sun has is, is showed up, which in London, that's, that's kind of a rarity sometimes. And uh, Team Fitzgerald, I'm hearing, is on their way. Yes, we're going to have some uh, some of the kids running around here. They've got the, the tickets to various events. They're all excited to check things out. We're going to see Michael Phelps' final race as an Olympian, you know, nice. provided he doesn't go to Rio. Uh, and then the gold medal for soccer and basketball and Usain Bolt running for track and field. So they, they've got the full agenda. They're, they're ready to roll. We'll have a good call this weekend, and we'll catch up with you on Monday on London Calling. All right, that sounds good.